Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again? Do you ever feel feel so paper thin, like a house of cards, one blow from paving in? Do you ever feel already buried deep, six feet under screams and no one seems to hear a thing? Do you know that there's still a chance for you? Cause there's a spark in you. You just gotta ignite the light and let it shine. Just on the night, like the 4th of July. Cause baby, you're a firework. Come and show them what you're worth. Make him go on, on, on As you shoot across the sky ah, ah. We back Welcome, welcome, welcome Back To yet another episode Of the Stars Born Podcast I'm your host, Chris Arneson Thank you so much for joining me So excited to talk to you about Anne Hathaway But um, before we get into it let me just set the table for y'all. Um, if you haven't listened to the first 21 episodes, go ahead and listen to those. Um, it'll make more sense if you listen from episode one, Will Farrell. But uh, I'm an author living in Pullman, Washington. Sit in my apartment right now. Look out the window at a beautiful blue sky. Um, sun's out. Snow on the hills, on the Palouse. Across the street from Washington State University, my alum, <clears throat> or is it alumni, whichever one. Beautiful day out in Pullman today. Uh, Monday, March 11th, 12.52 p.m. right now, in the afternoon, 3.11, 3.11 day. Um, so I'm an author. Find my books on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town. And what's in the fridge? Go to my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com, and website, christtheauthor.com. Follow me on Twitter at christtheauthor8, and Instagram, chrisarneson8. Thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone and everyone. Uh, we're building the community, <coughs> of, excuse me, building the community of starfishes over here, over here at a Starsborn headquarters, HQ. In uh, Pullman, man, watching an airplane go across the sky right now has a huge. What's that like a jet jet stream? Is that what that's called? That long trail, but wow, yeah. Thank you so much. Share, 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 and um, also thank you for rate and reviewing the podcast on on iTunes. Go ahead and do that, and thank you. Um, all right, before we get into some Anne Hathaway chant, let's establish this is the New Jersey episode because she is from Milburn, New Jersey, which is pretty close to New York City. Um, yes, so if you haven't listened yet, you don't know that we talk about the stars IMDb and their films. But let's just get rid of, uh, let's knock a few things out before we do that. So the Mariners update, something we do every episode. My favorite baseball team of all time, Seattle Mariners. And they're spring training right now. 
So they played twice yesterday, a doubleheader against two different teams. And they lost to the Indians 16 to 2. And they tied the Angels 9 to 9. They play the Kansas City Royals at their home park in uh, Peoria, Arizona. 640 tonight. So we'll get to that in the second episode today. If we do that layer one layer tonight, I'll let y'all know what the score is or tomorrow. We actually took a day off. Took a day off yesterday. Rest. Rest the old windpipes, the old voice. Um yeah, but I'm back and at him. Coming in hot. There goes that man again. We're uh we're doing it big. I can't can't wait to talk about Anne Hathaway. Um, let's see. Let's do the NBA update right now. So the Mariners. Look forward to that tonight. For the NBA update, I want to talk about a new segment, actually. A new regular segment in the show. The Venn Diagram. So for this Venn Diagram, it is LeBron, uh, LeBron James versus MJ, Michael Jordan. So here we go. Um, LeBron plays with the headband, and MJ plays head games with the opponent. LeBron um, has Sprite sponsorship, and MJ has Jordan shoes. LeBron is a nice guy, and MJ is a ruthless competitor. Uh, LeBron has special handshakes with his teammates, and MJ has a hoop earring. And as for what they have in common, uh, both NBA Hall of Famers, MJ current, LeBron future, uh, both wear number 23. Um, LeBron wore number 6, of course, in Miami. And MJ wore 45 in one of his comebacks, I think, at one point, for some reason. I don't know why he ever wore 45, but... I guess it's just like two twenty threes if you think about it. But I guess why do you wear forty six then? <laughs> if that, if, by that logic. Um, and then the last thing they have in common: LeBron and Michael Jordan. Space Jam. Uh, MJ in the original, and LeBron has a sequel coming out. Coming out pretty soon here. So there you go. There's your NBA update, and the new segment. The Venn diagram. That's a that's gonna be a fun regular segment. Um, while we're talking about basketball and the NBA, I want to mention just a a debate that has plagued humanity for uh, centuries, or at least since um, James Naismith event, invented the sport. But I actually heard <clears throat> I can't remember where I heard this, but that. Naismith um, had a bottom on the basket, on the hoop, um, on the net, I should say. So it was like a literal basket. So he wasn't the person, and I can't remember the name of the person whose idea it was to take off the bottom of the basket. So then the ball would just go straight through. So then you don't have to like get in a ladder every time someone makes a shot just to get the ball out. But um, I think that person should get more credit than James Naismith because 
they changed the sport. Naismith had like the seed of the idea, but they perfected it. They tweaked it. I don't know. We should, maybe we'll look them up. But anyway, speaking of basketball, I just want to give a little shout out to the um, shot clock debate. So, let's see. The NBA does 24 seconds. College is 30 seconds, but they used to be 35. And there used to be no shot clock at all, like a while ago. A few decades ago. But, um, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe throw up a Twitter poll on it. I think, personally, I like the pace of the NBA game. I like the 24-second uh, shot clock. I wouldn't even mind if the NBA went with, like, a 20-second shot clock. I think that'd be kind of nice. But, um, yeah, I like the pace. I like the faster pace of the NBA game. Like, 35 Oh, I'm so happy college changed it to 30 because when it used to be 35, that was just way too long. Ridiculous. That's like, oh, man, when guys used to do, like, the triangle, just pass, what was that, Princeton or something? Passes about four corners. That's what I was trying to think of. Not the, not the triangle offense, although I think that was Princeton. I was thinking of uh, four corners when you used to just, like, hold the ball for, like, four minutes of possession. Now. Now that is what I talk about when I'm talking about boring basketball. <laughs> Jeez. Ugh. <laughs> this thing. Who? I can't believe they used to play basketball without a shot clock. Just like, think about that. Like, it's a great, I'm happy that they finally came up with the idea, but I'm surprised it took them so long. They're like, these guys are holding the ball for like half the quarter or half the half or whatever. But, okay, here we go. That's enough hoops talk for the for the old episode. Let's do some New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Let's talk about it. I made a pie chart, a pie graph. Um and this is of actually I made a couple pie graphs. So it's another new segment. We're doing the Venn diagram and the uh graph. So this one is Relate to New Jersey. It's actually Jersey Shore. One of my favorite shows of all time. So this is my favorite Jersey Shore locations. So they've been... Well, season one was a classic Jersey Shore house in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Um, Season two was Miami. Season three was in Italy, I believe. Actually, no. I think season three was, I think that was actually back in New Jersey. But then maybe season four was in Italy. Anyway, those were the three different locations. New Jersey, Italy, and Miami. So here we go. The pie graph. 75% favorite is uh, New Jersey. So three quarters of it is New Jersey. 12% Miami. 13% Italy. So Italy just edges out Miami there. Um, As for the other pie graph here, let's see. We have favorite Jersey Shore cast members. So let's start at the bottom. 
Uh, it is Angelina. I think she was only like one season, maybe, maybe two, but she is at. She is one percent. <laughs> so I, I really was not a fan of Angelina. Only one percent. Sorry, Angelina, if you're listening. If you're a big fan of *A Star Is Born*, um, just hit me up on social media and I'll bump up your favorite percentage. Um, ahead of her, we have Sammy and JWoww at six and eight percent, respectively. Then we have Dina and Ronnie at ten percent each. And Polly D at eleven percent, Vinny at twelve, Snooky at twenty, and the winner of my favorite cast member, the situation, twenty-two percent. So I like um Sitch and Snooky. The two the two craziest one people pretty much. Except Situation did calm down a lot since um since he became sober. He's he's a lot more chill. He used to be super crazy though. But Snooky's still crazy, I think. But she's a mom now though, so she's calmed down a little too. That was her sobering. But I think she still parties. I don't know if they're ever doing another season of Jersey Shore. But they do like Family Vacation, which is kind of like a spin-off. I think it's the same cast, I'm pretty sure. I think they just call it Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Hmm, let me look this up. I'm too big of a fan to not know this. Let's see. I mean, why would they change the name? Just make it more hard for people to... Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Kevin Durant had a minor ankle injury last night. <laughs> Just thought I'd let you guys know if you're big. I think he's supposed to come back soon. If you're big Kevin Durant fans. Yeah, um, Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Looks like all the same people. They've had two seasons. And third season is confirmed for 2019. So there you go. Second season was filmed in Vegas and Seaside Heights, Jersey. What's Manalapin? Manalapin. Oh, it's in New Jersey. It's a township. Oh, I love how there's places in like New Jersey that are townships. It sounds so like it sounds like they still have witch hunts. <laughs> like they still like burn witches at the stakes in those places in a township I don't know they have a lot of pumpkin patches <laughs> they have a lot of corn mazes in townships seems like it to me I don't know what I'm talking about uh, Atlantic City too okay so that's Jersey Shore family vacation so it's the same it's the same thing they just changed the name okay so that's Jersey Shore talk. That's some New Jersey talk. Um, oh, yes. I, was, I also want to talk about just a little shout out to the Glory Days episode of It's Always Sunny. Because that's kind of a New Jersey based. Let's see. Glory Days. Um, it's the one where 
what is it? It's always sunny. <laughs> there we are. I'm trying to Google it. Maybe it's a different one. Which one am I thinking of? I'm th- oh, I'm thinking the one on the airplane where um, they talk about they're trying to beat the Wade Boggs record for drinking the most beers. Let's see. We got to find this. It's always sunny. Um, plane. We'll find this one together. Yep, the gang beats Boggs. <laughs> this is a really funny episode. If you've never seen the show, it's a good one to start on. Uh, it's season 10, episode 1. It's how they kick off the season. That's how you know it's a good one. Season 1, or I mean episode 1 is usually one of the best in the season. The first and last episodes. Start it with a bang, end it with a bang. Um, Let's see. The gang tries to beat a record set by Wade Boggs of 70 beers on a cross-country flight. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know if they're saying that he drank 70 beers or maybe he had some friends with him. But they make t-shirts and it's a really funny episode. Um, Let's see. Who do they... Wait, they meet someone in this. I think there's a... I'm pretty sure there's a... Uh, like a guest star in this episode, if I'm not mistaken. Who do they meet? Wade Bo- Oh, what? See, I don't remember. Wow, it makes sense. Wade Box is in it. What? Maybe I must be thinking of a different one. Let's see. I think I'm thinking. So this is a funny episode. Wade Box is in it. Um, Boss Hog is in it. There's someone who plays Boss Hog. I'm thinking it's always sunny. Um, it's always sunny. Glory days. Because I th- I think this one. It's another one where they get really drunk. Like, Mac and Dennis get really drunk. Let's see. The gang gets stranded in the woods. This is... <laughs> if you're not a fan of It's Always Sunny, I apologize. It's one of the greatest shows, though. If you like comedies, definitely watch it. Um, Season 6, Episode 11. December 2nd, 2010. The gang gets stranded in the woods. Um, Charlie and Dennis... Let's see, is there a, Ryan, that's right, yep, this is one, uh, Ryan Howard and Chase Utley, former Philadelphia Phillies, uh, oh, it's, um, Dennis and Charlie, I believe, get like, or actually, no, it's Mac and Dennis, let's see, here it is, Charlie, done, Charlie does a speech pretending to be Frank, and donates another 5000 to charity. Pretend to be Frank Reynolds, not Frank. Um, <laughs> I was going to say not Frank Howard, but it's Ryan Howard. What am I talking about? Um, it's then revealed that Frank booked Chase Utley, Max Hero, and Ryan Howard, Dee's crush of the Philadelphia Phillies, who Dennis and Charlie spend the charity event with. <laughs> Dennis and Charlie get extremely drunk and then spend the remaining $10,000 on a private jet and cha- champagne. That's so funny. And then they're like, 
they wrestle in front of Chase Utley and Ryan Howard, and they try to get them to join in, and it's a good it's a good time. Um, let's do another regular segment before we start Anne Hathaway's talk. Let's do the uh, Simpsons episode. So this one is related to Anne Hathaway because she actually has a voice in it. She is the voice of Princess Penelope. It's episode Once Upon a Time in Springfield, um, 10th episode, season 21, aired January 10th, 2010. Let's see. And, and Princess Penelope is hired as Krusty's latest sidekick. It looks like they... No spoilers, but... I think... Yeah, they, they like fall in love pretty much. And they almost get married or something. But I'll leave it at that. So you guys can check out that episode of The Simpsons and see what happens with Princess Penelope and Krusty in their romantic escapade. Um, Let's do another regular statement here. Let's do the pin of the episode. So... Most of these are from my baseball playing days. <clears throat> Back in my youth. This one is a circle, circular pin. North Bothell Little League, District 8. And it's a blue diamond. Baseball diamond. And then two baseball bats crossing in the back behind a baseball. And it says District 8 right in the baseball. And then it says North Bothell Little League in... In each of the the pathways of the diamond, if you know what I'm saying, like um, between the catcher and first base, between first base and second, and so on. So it's pretty standard, nothing too exciting. Maybe not as fun as the uh, Sturgis pin or my my personal favorite, the North Carolina basketball hoop. That one's so cool. But, um, I say, yeah, so that's the pin of the episode. Let's, let's read the, uh, recipe of the episode from Cooking the Fast Way. And a recipe book from Maywood. I got this book's probably, this must be 14 years old. Um, uh, let's see. Granny's Church Apple Muffins from Penny Donaldson. I think Penny Donaldson is, uh, it might be Bryce Donaldson, but I think he was a year older than me. Anywho, anywho, let's see, ingredients here. Apple muffins, sounds good though. Sounds like something Costco would have. Here we go. Uh, one cup of flour, three teaspoons baking powder, half teaspoon of salt, half cup of sugar, one cup of oats, one cup of parred and chopped apples, one egg beaten. Maybe it might be pared and chopped apples, but parred or pared. P-A-R-E-D. Um, one egg beaten, half cup of milk, one teaspoon cinnamon. And topping, quarter teaspoon cinnamon, one tablespoon sugar. And your directions, preheat oven to 350 degrees, sift flour, baking powder, and salt together, 
Add remaining ingredients except topping. Mix only until ingredients are moistened. Uh, spoon into greased muffin tins. Prepare topping and sprinkle on muffins before baking. Bake for 15 to 20 minutes. Makes about 12 muffins. Um, there you go. Sounds delicious. I love muffins is one of my favorite. Oh, I'm a big fan of baked goods. I've talked to you guys about that. I wonder, um, I'd like to have a maybe bookstore slash with a, with a uh, coffee shop and bakery and cafe in there. That'd be tight. That'd be cool. Oh, a bookstore and movie. Like a bookstore slash movie shop. That'd be fun. I just learned, I heard this somewhere today, that maybe on a podcast I was listening. It definitely was on a podcast. just can't remember which one. But um, the last blockbuster in the world, I think this was from Adam Carolla from a Gina Grads News. But the last blockbuster in the world is in Bend, Oregon. And I thought that was pretty cool. Because I've been, I've been to Bend. We've talked about it. Near Sun River. Bend's a really cool town. Right in the middle of Oregon. Lots of good, like, mountain biking, river rafting, hiking, camping, outdoor stuff there. Lots of breweries. Cool town. Um, Hipster town. Granola town. Let's do one more because that was a short one. This is Irish Irish soda bread. Soda bread. What? Dr. Pepper bread. <laughs> the doc- Dr. Pepper recommends this bread. Four out of five Dr. Peppers recommend soda bread. Um, it's by Zach Anderson, who's actually... If it's the same Zach Anderson... He's a year younger than me. So he was always a grade below. But that's pretty cool that he put a recipe in here. Here we go. Irish soda bread. One cup of unbleached flour. One cup of whole wheat flour. Half teaspoon of salt. One teaspoon of baking soda. Three tablespoons of butter. Two tablespoons of honey. Two tablespoons of skim or soy milk. One eight-ounce carton of plain yogurt. Um, that's all. And your directions. Preheat oven to 400 degrees. Mix ingredients together. Place in loaf pan. Bake 20 minutes or until loaf sounds hollow. Don't, I don't know. How do you listen to a loaf? Until it sounds hollow. Okay. If you know what that means, then... <laughs> Then that's good. Good for you then. Till the loaf sounds hollow. Maybe if like you throw it on the ground or something. Or you wouldn't throw it on the ground because then you, if you threw it on the table on the plate, and then when it drops down, it makes a hollow sound. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. This loaf is too full. Um. Anywho, I don't know why you'd want a hollow loaf though. Seems like you'd want one that's like. I should. I need to stop harping on the hollowness. <laughs> I'm a hollow harper. Uh, that sounds like a character in 
like a Nickelodeon show. Hollow Harper. Okay. I'm rocking my starry night, starry mountain night, stretchy meshy running ball cap right now. Rocking my Pasco 4x400, sixth place finish from 2011, uh, 4x400 meter relay, gold medal. Well, it's not gold. It's, uh, what's this, bronze, copper? I don't know. Let's see. Oh, let's introduce another regular segment before we get to it, before we get to Anne. This is the old Road Trip America book. I used to read this book maybe 10 years, over, not even 10 years. It's from 2003, so probably probably 15 years ago. Let's see. It's by Andrew F. Wood. So it's state by state, so let's just go to this episode's state, New Jersey. Here we go. Um, lined by 127 miles of beaches, boardwalks, and oceanfront towns, New Jersey has invited motorists since the beginning of the age of highways. The Garden State is best known to tourists as the home of Atlantic City, the fabled resort town of penny postcards and cotton candy, where life is peaches and cream. Of course, the reality of the city is dimmer than the bright hopes of the, that cheery song. For many folks, the image of Atlantic City comes from the Burt Lancaster film of the same name. They envision decrepit tenements and glitzy casinos separated by overgrown blocks. Others might recall a Bruce Springsteen tune, which, two, three, four, <laughs> which a desperate couple gambles for one last chance to head west where hope lies over the horizon. The truth lies somewhere in the middle of those extremes. At the Atlantic City Historical Museum, there are all sorts of the memorabilia related to Miss America contests uh, held on and off again since 1921. The museum also has a uh, giant Mr. Peanut statue, a miniature boardwalk, and images from days when the town's million-dollar peers thronged with wax-mustachioed men and corseted women. <laughs> wax-mustachioed. I like it. I'd always wanted to go to, like, a wax museum. Like, the one... I think there's, like, a Hollywood wax museum. Um, a miniature boardwalk sounds pretty cool, too. It sounds kind of like a one of those trains... One of those miniature train sets. Miniature boardwalk. Very cool. You got like a little cotton candy stand. Tiny Ferris wheel maybe. A little beach. The beach could just be like your dog's water bowl. Let's see. There's a cool little clock here. I'm just looking at a picture of a clock that says Atlantic City all the time. And then... It's not really a clock, it's just, it's a calendar clock. I've never seen one of these. December on top, June on the bottom. Very interesting. At this time, it's August slash April clock. Um, the little hands pointing towards August and the big hands pointing towards April. And there's a picture of Elephant Hotel, Margate City, an old landmark. 
um, Atlantic City, New Jersey. The only elephant in the world you can go through and come out alive. And it's a giant it's a giant elephant. I mean, that's kind of repetitive, but it's a normal sized elephant. And there's just like a little it looks like a little bed on top of it. Maybe what how do you describe this? A canopy? With only enough room for maybe a bed or somewhere to sit for like couple people but I guess that's the uh, elephant hotel and, it, and it's walking it's walking by a building that says uh, elephant hotel so I don't know which one the elephant hotel is is it is it the elephant do you stay on top of the elephant or maybe hmm I like it though I heard I think this was on Joe Rogan, but they said they might introduce the woolly mammoth. They might reintroduce it. I was like, Ice Age fans are going to love that. Fans of the movie Ice Age. They're going to be like, what? Is it going to talk? Where <laughs> is it going to be? New Jersey? Oh, man. We're having good times here. I'm so happy I got this book. Uh, my parents gave it to me when I visited them yesterday. That's what I was doing yesterday, so I couldn't... I mean, I could have recorded last night, but I decided to take a little rest and rest my voice, rest my mind, rest everything, you know, give it a, give it a day. But yeah, my parents gave me this book, brought back good memories of looking at it. And now we're going to get to look at it together at each state. Let's read the, did you know, we'll read the, did you know fact for each one? Here we go. Did you know? Whenever you find yourself in a prefabricated stainless steel diner ordering a root beer float while anticipating a greasy burger with plenty of condiments, think of New Jersey. The state earned its unofficial motto, Diner Capital of the World, because more manufacturers of the streamlined eateries were based in New Jersey than anywhere else. I like that. I like a good diner. It seems like a good place to write. Or at least like... At least in the movies, that's where, that's where writers would go to write a script for a movie or something. I don't know. In the movie, they would write a movie. That's what happens. Break the fourth wall. Let's see. Anything? I I think now let's just dive into, let's dive into Anne Hathaway. Into her IMDb here. Let's do it. Here we go. The meat of the show. First credit is 1999 to 2000 TV show called Get Real. She plays Megan Green for 22 episodes. Oh, yes. I'm also holding. Sorry for one little diversion here. I'm holding a ChrisTheAuthor.com bumper sticker right now doesn't necessarily have to be a bumper sticker. I guess you could just put it anywhere. Throw it up on on a wall or put it on, I don't know, maybe on a grocery store cart. Something. Don't, don't say that I told you to do that, though. Do whatever you want with it. But you can find these if you go to my website, chrissyauthor.com. And there will be a link there. 
So if you want to get a bumper sticker, it's red and yellow writing. So if you like McDonald's, ba da ba ba ba, I'm loving it. I like McDonald's. It's my favorite fast food. But uh, same colors. McDonald's All American game. McDonald's All American podcast. Here we go. I like that. I'm gonna write that down. Uh, <laughs> while I write that down, I will McD All Mare Podcast. I wonder if that will help me remember. There we go. McD All American Podcast. I think that will make sense. Um, let's see. So get real. Oh wow. Her first movie is a big one. 2001, The Princess Diaries. Mia Thermopolis. This was like maybe her po- most popular movie is her first one. Uh, one second here. Mia Thermopolis has just found out that she is the heir apparent to the throne of Genovia with her friends Lily and Michael Moskovitz in tow. She tries to navigate through the rest of her 16th year. Rated G, 111 minutes, comedy, romance, and uh, family. Rom-com fam. Um, I don't know if I've se- I'm sure I've seen it. Sure I saw that movie sometime. It's a classic. 2001. I was only 8 when it came out, so... I probably saw it in elementary school sometime. Um, let's see, 2001, The Other Side of Heaven, plays Gene Sabin. 2002, The Cat Returns, plays the English version voice of Haru. 2002, Crystal Harris, Supergirl, plays Mia Thermopolis, Uncredited. Not mad, not mad about Uncredited anymore, now that we... We have figured out what it means. It means... I used to get upset because I was like, why does it say uncredited, but it's inner credits? I'm reading it right now. And you already know if you've listened to the first 21 episodes of Stars Born, but I'll say it anyway. Uncredited means her credit, her name, does not appear in the opening or end credits on the movie. But it's still listed right here. So here we go. There you go. 2002, Nicholas Nickleby, Madeline Bray. What is this one? It's 132 minutes, PG, adventure, drama, romance. Long movie. A young, compassionate man struggles to save his family and friends from the abusive exploitation of his cold-heartedly grasping uncle. Nicholas Nickleby. Sounds like a name from Harry Potter. Nicholas Nickleby. Uh, Ella Enchanted. 2004 plays Ella. I definitely saw this one. I think we actually... We had this on DVD at home. On the old... DVD uh, bookshelf in the TV room. Back in Bothell. Uh, let's see. Back in Bothell, Washington. Near Seattle. Uh, let's see. PG, 96 minutes. Comedy, family, fancy. 
Ella is under a spell to be constantly obedient, a fact she must hide from her new stepfamily in order to protect the prince of the land, her friend for whom she's falling. Anne and Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy. Uh, let's see. Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement, 2004, Mia Thermopolis, 2005. I wonder if Mia Thermopolis, like, I wonder if she was a character in uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Hmm, something to think about. Or maybe in that universe. If she's not in the movie, maybe, maybe those movie universes overlap. <laughs> I like to think that each movie has its own shown little universe um and then sometimes it can with with like similar films in the same field maybe same place same location same characters they can overlap same director directors definitely have movie universes that overlap throughout their movies that's for sure like Wes Anderson my favorite director who um, we'll talk about. We'll do an episode for him in the future. But right now we're talking about Anne Hathaway. So, 2005, Havoc. She plays Allison Lang. Let's see what this one is. That sounds kind of interesting. Two, two affluent suburban girls clash with the Latino gang culture of East Los Angeles. Bijou Phillips is the other person. Bijou. I like that name. Bijou. She's from New York City. Almost Famous. That's a, Almost Famous was one of my favorite movies a few years ago. I haven't seen it for a while, but... I think I have... I definitely do have that DVD at home. I think I got that one for Christmas, actually. Um, let's see... 2005, Brokeback Mountain, Lorreen Newsom. Lorreen Newsom. My name's Lorreen Newsom, and I'm here to talk to you about the PTA and what we can do to help you help our school become the best in the district. My name's Lorreen Newsom, and I'd like to be your representative. <laughs> she sounds like a like the mayor of a town, like a town in Alabama, or like a southern congresswoman. My name's Lorene Newsom, and I'd like to represent you in Congress. <laughs> My name's Lorene Newsom, and I need your vote. Please give me your vote. Give me some money, too. It won't take much. All right, that's a fun character I've developed over the past minute. Um... My name's Lorene Newsom, and my kids have been playing soccer for 17 years in the <laughs> Alabama City District. And I'd like to say, I need your vote, because it will save my family. My name's Lorene Newsom, and I don't get your, if I don't get your vote, I'm going to have to move back to Montana, where I'm from, back home in Montana. Live with the mooses. Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine do some in the mooses. That sounds like a, a great web series on like Fun Your Die. 
<laughs> this is Lorraine Newsom and the Mooses, episode one. Wow, that's funny. I need to, I need to get a new. I'm standing up right now. Stretch my legs. Grab some iced coffee. Very good. I'm grabbing a fresh uh, notepad right now because I filled up my other one. This is a flamingo sticky pad. Flamingo post-it, I guess you'd call it. I'm writing down an idea for a web series. Lorene Newsom in the Mooses. I also like writing the date on everything. So I wrote the date there. 311.19. There we go. Just let you guys know how I do stuff. Um, Lorene Newsom. She sounds like she would lead like a a jeep tour through through Montana, just like moose moose watching and there's other animals than mooses in Montana. Obviously, there's lots of animals. Oh, I'm gonna look up. I'm looking up uh, Montana wildlife right now. Montana. My name's Lorraine Newsom, and I know everything there is to know about Montana wildlife. I have a TV show about it called Lorraine Newsom and the Mooses. And I need your vote to win best web series in the universe. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let's see what they got. List of mammals of Montana. What if it just said like a bunch of, it just says like a bunch of famous people who are from Montana, but it says list of mammals from Montana. <laughs> but it's just like Phil Jackson. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. For some reason, that's funny to me. Burt Reynolds. Large and medium-sized mammals in Montana. So there's... <laughs> so there's... Um, I'm cracking myself up. I think it's important. You gotta be able to crack yourself up. That's a good skill to have, I think. It's a good skill to develop. Like, anyone can do it. You can learn how to do it. Teach yourself how to crack yourself up. My name is Lorraine Newsom, and I'm running a class of how to teach yourself how to laugh at yourself. Very good. It's in the local YMCA. It's in your local moose lodge. Because everything I do comes back to mooses. Because they're my favorite animal. Um, Let's see. So black bears. Bighorn sheep in Montana. Bison. Oh my gosh. Bison are scary. The American bison is, um, how big is it? How big is it? There used to be a ton of them. They had, oh my God, oh my God. Guess how many bison there were in the 17th in late 1700s. There was 60 million bison. Holy cow. That's, wow, that's a lot of bison. Let's see. I just want to see. Just tell me I'll be there. Etymology? Description. Here we go. A head rump. They don't just have a head. They have a head rump. It's um, six point. Wow, it's like six and a half to nine feet long. In a, a tail... Yep, yep. 
a tail, 12 to 17 inch a tail, up to 26 inches. I just want to see how much they weigh. Oh, here we go. They weigh like one to 2,000 pounds, basically. Holy cow. A couple thousand pounds, no big deal. It's like a Honda Accord running at you. Take it down. Take that. I'm Lorraine Neeson. Lorraine Neeson don't know what to do if a bison comes at me. Oh my goodness. If one of them bison bison starts coming at me, I'm going to pray that one of my moose friends comes to my rescue. (laughs) I hope a moose dives in there. Dives in there and saves me. (laughs) Oh, come and save me. (laughs) Why is that so funny? That's horrible. That's terrible. Lorraine, I'm already picturing... <laughs> I've already pictured the whole extent of Lorraine Newsom's show web series, um, Lorraine Newsom and the Mooses. I've already, I already pictured her getting, her getting attacked by a bison for some reason. That's so terrible. <laughs> so, oh my god, that's so bad. Once, one of the mooses come save me. Um, that'd be, that's how she would go viral though. That's for sure. I need a moose friend right now. Um, <laughs> um, enough of that. Sorry. Sorry about that. Let's go. Let's get back to it. Baby. Baby. So we left you. Brokeback Mountain, 2005. Lorraine Neeson. 2005. Hoodwinked. She's the voice of Red Puckett. Oh, this is our classic one. She's in some good movies. 2006. Plays Andy Sachs in The Devil Wears Prada. Prada. This is when everyone learned what Prada meant. Prada was introduced into the ether of popular culture. Um, let's see. 109 minutes, PG-13, comedy drama, dramcom. A smart but sensible new graduate lands a job as an assistant to Miranda Priestley, the demanding editor-in-chief of a highly high fashion magazine I just realized something um we'll talk about it later in her credits squeezing my spiky blue stress ball right now you guys should definitely get a spiky stress ball if you have never if you've never considered it um let's see what was I just saying oh yes in the intern so her movie with Robert De Niro that we'll talk about. Robert De Niro plays Anne Hathaway's character in Devil Wears Devil Wear Prada. He plays the same character as she is in this movie. It's kind of funny. So, just wanted to point that out. It's a good movie, though. Definitely check out Devil Wears Prada. 2007, Becoming Jane. She plays Jane Austen. Jane Austen. She's a famous author, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm looking her up just because I want to confirm. Yeah, novelist, yeah. She, old, old timey. Um, 1700 to 1817. 1775 to 1817. Only lived to be 41. She's English. She's British. I'm Jane Austen. My name's Jane Austen. I'd like to write some novels. 
<laughs> she probably talked like what <laughs> you picture like all these wise old people and then their voice is just like a screechy I've heard that Abraham Lincoln had like a screechy voice like high pitch a high pitched screechy voice is what I've heard my name's Abraham Lincoln <laughs> seven four scores in seven years ago it's like a South Park character my name's Jane Austen, and I'm a novelist. I don't know why. I need to stop doing these voices. I'm not, what am I? I'm not a voiceover actor. It's not my specialty. Stay in your lane, son. Okay, here we go. She's primarily known for six major novels. Okay, what are, what are her six major novels? Let's see what they are. List of works. Sense and Sensibility, definitely heard of it. Pride and Prejudice, definitely heard of it. She likes the alliteration, I see. Mansfield Park, heard of that one. Emma. Emma. That's, um, Clueless was based on this book. Let's see. Critical adaptions, there we are. Film Clueless, yes. We talked about this episode four, Paul Rudd episode. Love this. One of my favorite movies, Clueless. I say that about a lot of movies, but... Got this one DVD. I think I got this as a Christmas present. It's a classic movie. Alright, but it's actually based on one of Jane Austen's novels. So there you go. It all comes full circle here at A Star is Born. Um, she's in North Anger Abbey. Wow. She had three books that came out after she died. Holy cow. North Anger Abbey, Persuasion, and Lady Susan. She had one book that came out in 1871, and she died in 1817. It came out 64 years after she died? What? We gotta see this. How did that... Possibly written in 1794, but not published till 1871. It's a epistolary novel. What's that mean? What's epistolary? Written as a series of documents in the form of letters, diary entries, newspaper clippings, other documents. Okay. Could be blogs. Oh, they're they're even saying electronic documents such as recordings and radio, emails, blogs. Okay. Epistolary. I like that. It's kind of like, um, that's a little bit like What's in the Fridge, my second book. It's a little bit of an apostolary novel because it's a collage. I call it a collage book. Um, it's kind of a, a mix of everything, you know? Some inspiration and uh, some pop culture, some short stories, some, some poems, all that good stuff. That's a fun. All right, Jane Austen. Check her out. Her books are probably on Amazon. So, yes. Um, this movie, Becoming Jane, is 120 minutes. Biography, drama, romance. A biographical portrait of a pre-famed James Austin in a romance with a young Irishman. James McAvoy. Which personality? Which James McAvoy is it? It's the young Irishman one. Um, Let's see... <laughs> 
2008. Get smart. Agent 99. This was the uh, Steve Carell one. Yep. Oh, The Rock is in this? What? The Rock's in I gotta see it now. He's Agent 23. 110 minutes, PG-13, action-adventure comedy. Maxwell Smart, a highly intellectual but bumbling spy working for the control agency, is tasked with preventing a terrorist attack from rival spy agency Chaos. Chaos, but spelled chaos, K-A-O-S. Spelled kind of weird. Okay. Video from 2008. Get Smart's Bruce and Lloyd out of control. Plays Agent 99 uncredited. 2008, Rachel getting married. Plays Kim. <laughs> I spelled um, K-Y-M. Never seen that one. 2008, Passengers. Wow. That's such a funny coincidence. We just talked about Jennifer Lawrence's movie Passengers last episode. And now... Anne Hathaway's in Passengers, a different movie. 2008, uh, she plays Claire. Let's see what this Passengers is about. PG-13, 93 minutes, drama, fancy, horror. Oh, what? Didn't expect that. A grief counselor working with a group of plane crash survivors finds herself at the root of a mystery when her clients begin to disappear. Hmm. So it's like a... Lost meets Back to Future, I guess. I just was thinking of uh, the pictures, the people disappearing in the pictures in Back to Future. And then the plane crash was lost. That's my thought process there. If you want that explanation, you got it. You got it. Brody Stevens, you got it. Yes. Um. Let's see. 2009. Bride Wars. Plays Emma. We talked about this one, didn't we? Kate Hudson. Oh, Chris Pratt. Yep, we did. Talked about it two episodes ago. In a special Chris episode. Chris Pratt, Pine, Evans, and Hemsworth. Um, let's see. Very good. Bridesmaid, or Bride Wars. Uh, 2010, Valentine's Day. Plays Liz. I think we talked about this one too. Um, Jessica Alba, Alba and Beale. Yep, Jennifer Gardner's in it. We did talk about it. Jennifer Gardner was a few episodes back. 2010. Alice in Wonderland plays White Queen. So this is the first. This is the first one with Johnny Depp. 2010. Love and Other Drugs. Maggie Murdoch. Let's see what this is. Red R, 112 minutes. Uh, drum, com, rom. Rom, com, drum. Comedy, drama, romance. A young man suffering from Parkinson's befriends a drug rep working for Pfizer in 1990s Pittsburgh. You don't see lots of period pieces in 1990s Pittsburgh. Unless it's uh, maybe like a... The Steelers weren't even good in the 90s. I don't know what was going on in Pittsburgh in the 90s. Someone asked Dave Damashek. Um, Jake Jonehall's in this one too. Hank Azaria from The Simpsons. 
all those Simpsons characters. Speaking of the Simpsons, 2010, 2011 TV show, Family Guy. She's a voice of Hot Blonde and Mother Maggie for two episodes. 2011, Rio, the voice of Jewel. 2011, One Day, voice of Emma. Okay, 2012, The Dark Knight Rises, Selena. This was a good sequel. I definitely like the first Dark Knight a lot better. Speaking of Pittsburgh, there's um the football scene, the football field. That was Heinz Field where they filmed that. Did you know that? Uh, TV show 2009 to 2012. The Simpsons. Jenny and Princess Penelope. Three episodes. 2012. Les Miserables. Fantine. Oh, this was a good one. 2013. Um, But let's go back to Les Miserables. Let's click on it. I think I remember... We definitely read this in English class in high school. Yes, we did. Jean Valjean. Yes. It's a long movie. 158 minutes. PG-13. Drama, history, musical. Let's see who plays Jean Valjean. Um, oh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman plays Jean Valjean. Uh, very good. And uh, Russell Crowe's in it too. Amanda Seyfried. Sasha Baron Cohen. Helen Bonham Carter. All the three named people. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, they're not. Um, Les Miserables. Here's your plot. In 19th century France, Jean Valjean, who for decades has been hunted by the ruthless, ruthless policeman Javert, after breaking parole, agrees to care for a factory worker's daughter. The decision changes their lives forever. And uh, Javert is Russell Crowe. Javert and Jean Bajin. Uh I love the... I love the French... Ricky Bobby. Yeah, race formula. Uh, Ricky Bobby. I can't, I've come to America to defeat you, Ricky Bobby. Said I wouldn't do um, voices. That's one of my favorites, though. Sasha Baron Cohen and Talladega Nights. Come to America to defeat you, Ricky Bobby. I will destroy you. Okay, enough that. Um, 2013. And had the way. And had the way. And had the way. Don John, Hollywood actress one. This is a great movie. I I watched this movie. Um. It has stars Joe Gordlev, our old buddy Joe Gordlev. Speaking of three names, Scar Joe, Julianne Moore, Tony Danza, Tony Danza, um, Brie Larson's in it, Captain Marvel herself, a New Jersey guy. Oh, this is, I didn't even remember that part. Speaking of New Jersey, goes in perfectly with the episode theme. Love it. A New Jersey guy dedicated to his family, friends, and church develops unrealistic expectations from watching porn and works to find happiness and intimacy with his potential true love. Oi. 
So it has, it's kind of like a modern theme with like the old like porn addiction thing. And plagues, plagues men across America. <laughs> um, 2014, song one. She plays Franny. It's a drama music, 86 minutes, PG-13. A young woman strikes up a relationship with her ailing brother's favorite musician. Mary Steen version is in it too. From uh, the mom from Step Brothers. Let's see, 2014, Rio 2, uh, the voice of Jewel. 2014, Don Peyote, Agent of Truth. Another Don movie. Don Peyote tells the story of Warren Allman, an unemployed stoner who finally finds a purpose in life after an unpleasant encounter with a homeless man preaching the end is near. Fueled by, um, fueled by vivid apocalyptic dreams, Warren becomes obsessed with 2012 doomsday theories and decides to make a documentary on the subject while his fiance is busy planning their wedding. Wow, that sounds really like a fun movie. I like that. Topher Grace, Jay Baruchel, Josh Duhamel, Annabelle... Annabella Schioria. Annabella Schioria. Annabella Schioria. J. Baruchel. J. Baruchel. Um, cool. Don Peyote. Sounds good. Video short from 2014. I think Dan Fogler was the star of that. The guy from um, Balls of Fury. The old ping pong movie. If you're a big ping pong player... Check out Balls of Fury. Jenny Lewis, Just One of the Guys. Video short, 2014. She plays Man. Interstellar, 2014. 20, um, plays Brand. That's one of my favorite uh, like sci-fi space movies, that's for sure. This one I like a lot better than, what's it, uh, Gravity. The one we talked about in the Sandra Bullock episode. Interstellar is just so much wackier. So much... Well, it's Christopher Nolan, so... You know, there's going to be some weird... There's, like, some weird time travel stuff in there. There's some... You haven't seen Interstellar? If you like weight... If you like oceans in space... If you like surfing in space, check it. Check it. It's a great... It's a great... 2015 TV show... Hit record on TV. And Vivica Virus, one episode. Ah, oh, we made it. We made it to the to the one I was talking about earlier. And speaking of the intern, 2015, where she plays Jules. That's that's this one. Um I wanna tell you all a little story about when I was the intern for Jash, a company down in Los Angeles company that does Getting Dug With High, the YouTube show, uh, Doug Benson, comedian. But um, yes, yes. So I was down there. I was in their office, which they share with Russell Simmons and Def Jam down there in Culver City, uh, LA area. And I had a meeting. I had like an impromptu meeting with Daniel Kelson, 
who is, he's like one of the, he might be the CEO of Jash or one of the executives over there. And he has a huge office with a big couch in it that I sat on when I talked to him. And just the relationship to um, the movie The Intern. So I didn't do this. I kind of, I guess I chickened out, I would say. But this was after I had gotten kicked out of my apartment. So I didn't have a living, uh, my living situation was kind of boggled up. And my idea going in, just in the back of my mind, what I wanted to do, if I had the courage, was pitch Daniel Kelson a show, like a web series, a web series show, um, not Lorraine Newsom and the Mooses, not that one, um, that was before that one, before that time, but <laughs> this was going to be a show about interns sleeping on couches in the Jash, in the Jash, uh, office, so it was just going to be, and that was my idea for, for figuring out like a place to live. That's like how crazy I was. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to, to pitch him this show. I mean, maybe he would have liked it though. I guess I didn't really have anything to lose at that point. So anyway, I thought that was really funny then. I still think that'd be a good show. Just like the, the plot of the show, basically the basis is maybe, maybe just me, maybe, maybe just one intern sleeping on the couch in the uh, jazz studios. And just kind of every episode checks in on me, like an episode spans a few days, and he, um, it just shows me like eating and working on on the computer and whatnot, making food, waking up in the morning, drink, making my coffee, work maybe working out in the office or something, <laughs> doing all that, doing all that uh stuff you do at home, you know. I don't know. I thought it'd be a funny idea for. I even remember coming up with, with like names for the show, like I'm trying to remember one of them right now. I think it was just like, couch, like, couch surfing, something like that. Like in intern, like surfing the couch or something related to that. Moving in, <laughs> sleeping on the couch, moving in, fold out couches. That'd be a good name for a show. Or like a comedy special. Fold out beds. I like that'd be a good name for like Ryan Sickler I can see him he has a above ground pool as is one of his comedy specials. He could come out with a new one called Fold Out Beds. I like it. But um yeah, that was the story about me gathering the courage just to walk right by Daniel Kelson's assistant <laughs> right into his giant office. March right up to him and demand a meeting, an unplanned, impromptu meeting. <laughs> I didn't demand it, but I mean, that shows how nice he is that he would just randomly meet with me like that. That's pretty cool, I thought. Um, yeah, but that's Daniel Kelson for you. He's, he's a nice guy. My experiences, from my experiences with him, I'm, I always hear him on, hear him on Adam Carolla's podcast too. Seems nice. But, definitely talked to me for a few minutes and man just like I guess it's easy looking back now but that would have been cool if I if I had been so so like 
crazily confident and brazen that I would have pitched this couch surfing intern show. <laughs> Just pitched the idea of sleeping in the office overnight. That would have been cool. Oh, it's okay, though. Oh, well. There's always next time. The opportunity for more stuff like that. Um, The intern, 121 minutes. PG-13, comedy drama. Saw this movie in theaters. It was before I worked at AMC, though. Speaking of AMC, now seems like a good time to talk about the old AMC triple feature, baby. Let's do it. So, talk about this every episode. If you've joined me for the first 21, then you know the drill. It's June 2009. I'm with my best bud growing up, Stephen Ungrecht. And we're in AMC movie theater in Woodinville. And we went to the movie year one. Bought our tickets for that one. It was only PG-13, so we could buy tickets. Uh, We were 16 at the time. And, yeah, we talked about year one in the Paul Rudd episode, episode four. It was was okay. It was not not great. Um, Jack Black and Michael Sarah were the stars, so I definitely expected more in the old comedy department. Um, Those guys usually deliver. Very different styles, but they deliver. Um... Jack Black's kind of more physical humor, more goofiness. Michael Sarah's more of like a straight man, more underspoken, quiet, um, nerdy, I guess you could say, hipstery. Just a a nice Canadian guy. But <laughs> let's see. After year one, we we gathered the courage to walk on over to the other side of the movie theater. And sneak into the hangover. So we actually snuck into the movie. Didn't even pay for it. Walked right by the guards. The old British guards that don't smile. Um, they got a few of those in the movie theater. Over there in Winville. Um Yeah, we loved the hangover. Loved it. Great at the time. Still holds up. One of the best movies of all time, I'd say. Um, great com- One of the best comedies of all time. That's for sure. But talked about that more extensively in the Brody Stevens episode, episode three. And after that, we weren't done after that, I guess. Because we hadn't got the movie bug. We hadn't scratched our movie itch for the day. Because we walked across the aisle. and Or maybe we were just addicted to getting free stuff. Because we walked into yet another free movie. Land of the Lost. Starring Will Ferrell. Um... Talked about this episode one, the Will Ferrell episode, and this one was just terrible, just awful. Um, not a good movie. We thought, I thought, but I'm sure some people like it. Maybe people who like the TV show from the seventies. But I guess maybe it's one of those where you have to like understand the TV show to get the movie, because none of it made any sense to us. It seemed like, it seemed like they started like on step nine you know like they started like they figured the audience already knew a bunch of stuff going in so maybe you had to research maybe it's one of those movies where you have to do homework i don't like those movies you know i like movies like the intern where you can just go in bring some junior mints some popcorn throw the junior mints right in that popcorn um mix it all up and go to town on that um Enjoy the intern because it's a fun, it's a fun little flick. 
here it is. A uh, 70 year old. Actually, first I'll tell you it's 121 minutes, PG 13, comedy drama. It's a long movie, long comedy. 70 year old widower Ben Whitaker. A widower Ben Whitaker. It's almost a tongue twister. Widower, widower Whitaker has discovered that retirement isn't all this cracked up to be. Seizing an opportunity to get back in the game, he becomes a senior intern at an online fashion site founded and run by Jules Austin. Speaking of Jane's, Jane Austen, this one's spelled O-S-T-I-N, though. Spelled different. Jane Austen is um, A-U-S-T-E-N. But, um... Excuse me. A couple workaholics in this movie. Anders and Adam. Adam Devine. Zach Perlman. Uh, he, Zach Perlman is in one of my favorite movies. I know I say that about a ton of movies, but... Staten Island Summer. Speaking of L.A., watched it when when I briefly lived in... Down there in, in uh, Southern California for, what, like 10 days? September 2015. That must have been about the same time as when The Intern came out. That's kind of funny. It all overlaps. Yes, yeah, September 25th, 2015. So pretty much right when I moved back home, I went to The Intern. It's one of the first things I did, I guess. I was like, I need to just get used to being home again. I just go to The Intern. Grab my bucket of popcorn and junior mints. All right. And on the movie poster for the intern, it says, Experience never gets old. And it's a picture of Robert De Niro and... Hey, Jinxie Kit, how you doing? That's, that's my Robert De Niro. Uh, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. 2016. Alice Through the Looking Glass. She plays Marana. 2016. Colossal. She plays Gloria. This was an interesting movie, it looked like. Jason Sudeikis is also in this. Um, 109 Minutes, Rate R, Comedy, Drama, Fantasy. Gloria is an out-of-work party girl forced to leave her home in New York City and move back home. Um, or leave her life in New York City. When reports surface that a giant creature is destroying soul, she gradually comes to re- the realization that she is somehow connected to this phenomenon. Yeah, so this is like a really wacky, off-the-wall, doesn't have to make sense, directed by Nacho Vigalando. Nacho Vigalando. Also directed Nacho Libre. No, just kidding. He's super egotistical. He, it's like, I'm going to make this movie about myself, but change the name a little bit. Let's fail it. Nacho Libre. No, he's directed Time Crimes, Extraterrestrial. I don't recognize any of his other movies. All right. That one seems interesting, though. I'd like to see it. Maybe you can add it to your Netflix queue. Maybe. Possibly. I'll have to check on it. TV show 2016. We've mentioned this one before. Documentary. Documentary Now. Anne Hathaway. One episode. She is in Ocean's 8. 2018. Daphne Kluger. 
Kluger. Um, Debbie Ocean gathers an all-female crew to attempt an impossible heist at New York City's yearly Met Gallius. We talked about this one Sandra Bullock episode. It's one of my favorite kinds of movies, heist movie, along with comedy, horror, and reunion. My other favorite. And then controversial, still debating whether this qualifies as one of my favorite movie genres, but Boardwalk. I don't know. Tweet me. Let me know. Do you think Boardwalk should be able to be one of my favorite movies? Is that? Or kinds of movies? Is Boardwalk a genre? Don't be a genreist. Don't don't practice genreism. But I don't know. I want to know what you think about Boardwalk movies. Do you like? Do you have a miniature Boardwalk in your room right now? Um. What about Boardwalk Empire? What about Jersey Shore? What do you think? What's your view on them? Tweet me. Hit me on Twitter. If you want to find me, hit me on Twitter. Um, 2019. Serenity. Serenity now. Serenity now. Such a funny Seinfeld episode. When uh, George's dad is... Oh, what's the name of his religion? I got... He does the Festivus. Um, Seinfeld. Serenity Now. I think it's called The Serenity Now. Yep, Seinfeld Serenity Now. The Serenity Now. Season 9, Episode 3. And, oh my gosh. Seinfeld's funny. But I told you guys that I actually enjoy, controversially, I enjoy the TV show Friends more than Seinfeld. I don't, I'm sure a lot of people think the same thing. Friends is pretty popular and... Uh, from my generation, for some reason, everyone watches on Netflix and watch the, the old reruns on Nick at Night, of course. Like I said, I used to have a TV in my apartment back in the day, a few years ago, here at Wazoo. And I would pretty much only watch Saved by the Bell, Friends, Fresh Prince, and movie uh, music videos on like MTV and VH1. Um... Yeah, pretty limited viewing there. Yes, this is one where Frank Costanza is advised to say serenity now every time he gets angry in order to keep his blood pressure down. That's why he does it. This is a different one than the Festivus one. I was thinking, now we gotta look at the Festivus. Seinfeld is still one of my favorite shows, though. Don't get me wrong. I've seen almost every episode. Except for the latest season. Um, The Seinfeld, uh, The Strike, is the episode. Season 9, episode 10. Wait, this is the, this is the last season of... Wow. I did not realize that this is one of the better episodes. And it's on the final season of Seinfeld. Huh. The Festivus episode. Love it. Um, let's see. Let's see. After learning about Festivus from George and Jerry, Kramer becomes fascinated with the concept and meets up with George's father, Frank, to learn about the holiday. Kramer requests to have off of work to celebrate Festivus and is denied. 
So he goes back on strike, picketing outside the store. The bag- um, While on strike, Kramer sabotages the bagel machine, causing a steam vent to burst open inside the store, which causes Elaine to be- appear unattractive. She goes to meet Denim Vest for her f- sandwich card, and he does not have it on him, but he but says he can give it to her another time. Being turned off by Elaine's appearance, he gives her a fake phone number. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that is Seinfeld, season nine, still doing it, final year, still bringing it. I think the Frogger episode is season nine, too. It's not one of my favorite episodes, but... It's still a good one. Oh my, it is season 9. Episode 18. So it's one of the last episodes ever. Let's see. Let's see what the Frogger's about now. I wonder if they had to get like a copyright like or trademark or something from the game. That's interesting. Or if they just enjoyed like the free advertisement of being on one of the most popular sitcoms of all time. The Frogger arcade game. It was definitely f- featured heavily in the show. Um, at Mario's, George discovers he still has the high score on the old Frogger game, with a score of 860,630 points. Both George and he, or both Jerry and he, remember that they stopped going to Mario's because he had a tendency to insult his customers. <laughs> so it's like the soup Nazi kind of. Elaine's co-workers give her a cake to celebrate her return to work from being sick, but she refuses to take part in any future celebrations. Jerry dates Elaine's friend, Lisey, who's played by Julia Campbell, and discovers that she's a sentence finisher. Oh my gosh. It's like I'm dating Mad Libs. It's like dating Mad Libs. It's driving me crazy. It's like dating Mad Libs. Um... That's such a Jerry line, such a Seinfeld quote. After lamenting that his shrine will be gone, George decided to buy the Frogger machine to preserve his fame. But Jerry asks how he will move it and keep it plugged in to preserve the high score. (laughs) Kramer discovers that the last victim of the Lopper looks a lot like Jerry. Hey, we were talking about... I was talking about lopping. How you only use lop to describe, like cutting off a finger like some sort of body part and that's funny that was a Seinfeld bit the lopper now we gotta figure out who the lopper was lopper eh it's just it's just a thing from the Frogger lopper's unseen murderer season 9 episode of Frogger he murdered oh he murdered people who look like Jerry <laughs> So funny. That's I don't know why that's such a funny like detail. Kramer said that people never heard of him because there's an internal discussion about the name. The other names are Son of Dad, the Deed Noganizer, and Headzo. I think Son of Dad's nod to Son of Sam, which was discussed in Bronx's Burning. Yep. Um, Bronx's Burning that that old miniseries is on ESPN Classic way back in the day over a decade ago that was a really good eight what was it like eight episodes very entertaining um oh 
here's something that I forgot to forgot to throw out a plug for this in the old plug section at the beginning. So, breakfast in a vehicle, um, not a moving vehicle, but um, breakfast in a vehicle or non-building. So let me explain. I went to breakfast with my parents in Spokane in a train, like a train car. Um, can't remember the name of the place, but if you just search Spokane train breakfast, you'll find it. Because they won the award for, um, I think some TV station gave them an award for the best breakfast place in Spokane, which is pretty cool. But I liked it. I, it was like eating on the Orient Express. The breakfast on the Orient Express instead of the murder on the, or maybe the murder of an omelet on the Orient Express. Because <laughs> I, I murdered that omelet, baby. Um. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Good, good. Just want to give that a little shout. What else would be a fun? It'd be fun to eat breakfast like on a trampoline. Have like a trampoline restaurant. What? Maybe. That might be kind of dangerous, but I don't know. They have the slam ball. They have um, Sky High, that place with all the trampolines and all the basketball hoops. That seems pretty dangerous to me. I don't know why you couldn't eat some bacon while you're jumping, while you're doing a front flip. It seems plausible. Um, Where else could you eat breakfast? Maybe, oh, a boat, like a boat. That'd be cool. Yes, that's a good idea for a breakfast restaurant. For a diner. Diner on a boat. I like that. And it's just docked. Like it doesn't even have to go out. Maybe it could go out though. Like you just. Like on the top of the hour. Every hour or something. It goes out for 30 minutes. While you eat. That's a good idea. I like that. I'm going to write that down. That seems like. A business idea. Maybe shark tank it. I'll shark because it's water related so they should like that even more on Shark Tank right breakfast on a boat there we go um some old stuff I've written down graffiti museum yes I think that's a good idea like Banksy Banksy could have his own museum full of stuff um not that he would lend his name to it or his image (laughs) he wouldn't do a commercial for him the panoist. I've called myself the panoist the, slash the pano man because of my love and obsession. Excuse that crinkling. That was my paper. Um, my That was my yellow legal pad. Yes, I call myself the panoist because of my obsession, my undying obsession with taking panoramic photographs on my phone. I love it. Love it. The icicle remover. Oh my gosh. After finding out that icicle deaths are a real thing, I've I'm actually like kind of scared of that now. So I'm thinking the icicle remover is like an even more necessary thing than ever. That's for darn sure. Froyurt, I still think Froyurt could be a good idea for business. If you're going to go on Shark Tank, I'll give you permission to use that. You can use Froyurt. Um, frozen yogurt in a yurt. I'm still going to do one, though. So I'm still going to make one of those. Gazebos. I just wrote down gazebos. I like I like them. They're always good movie 
a good movie setting. Um, oh, go to a, a psychic for a podcast. That'd be fun. Um, the Hangover Sandwich, Cottage Country. I love Cottage Country. I'm just hanging out here in Cottage Country, out in Pullman. Beautiful blue skies. There's another jet stream. Must be an airplane there. Or if it's like a 747 or something. Going through the sky. A long jet stream shooting through the blue sky. Icy blue. That's that's how I would describe it out there today. The skies in Pullman today are icy blue. It's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous. Turtle Teranium. I thought that'd be a good name for a reggae ska band. Turtle Teranium. Um, the Unwritten Rules of IMDb. Uh, mechanics, Sailors of Land. I think that's funny. Cursing. Yeah, using a lot of curse words and swear words. Um, oh, yes, I wanted to make a pancake store, of course. A um, couple ideas for a name are uh, what, Flapjack in the Box or pancake, The Pancake Boss. I like that name. I like the name The, pan- the Pancake Boss. Uh, millennial of uh, translations of mythology. I, th- I think that's a good idea for for like a blog post. I might have to do a blog post about that. And then the final thing here. Um, Vincent Van Gogh. Is he the first Kardashian? He got famous for cutting his ear off. You know? He's kind of... Imagine, if they had Instagram back then, like, he would definitely put a video of him cutting his ear off on Instagram. You know that. You know that. That'd be all over YouTube. That'd be... That'd go viral. For sure. That'd go viral, just even more viral than the virus in his ear. In in the... In the... Ear injury that he caused. Even more viral than that virus. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> I think you guys... You guys get that. Um, let's see. Anything else here? Nothing else there. Um, something else I want to mention. Before we get back to Anne. Go Anne Hath. Hathaway. Come my Hathaway. Um, garage sales. I love garage sales. I've always wanted to write like a movie. Like a movie about a neighborhood that does is competitive when it comes to garage sales. And also in the winter they would be super heated in their battles of Christmas lights for sure. It'd be like a Christmas with the cranks kinda that kind of style. But um garage sales. I love garage sales. Um we did a big one this past August. Back home in Bothell, I sold a bunch of CDs. I sold some some uh, tiny blankets that I got from Walmart here in Pullman that I had used. I had used in my time at Wazoo, and I was like, I'm going to just get rid of these ones. They had some foxes. One of them had foxes on them. One of them had like little like dachshunds, dogs. One of them had uh, owls. Um, There's like, another one, too, I think. A couple more. And, I yeah, during this garage sale, I, all I did, I didn't really help out much. Like, my sister was helping out, and then my mom and dad. But my sister was 
stepping up, doing a lot of stuff for the garage sale. Rocking the fanny pack. You gotta, if you're working at a garage sale, you gotta be rocking the fanny pack. Got that change, change on coming in handy. <laughs> Got it on lock. Um, yeah, I just pretty much sat in the lawn chair, just over kind of in the driveway off to the side. Kind of observe stuff. I think I was listening to music. I was, I think I was listening to the headphones for sure. Probably music. Um, probably YouTube. My playlists on YouTube. I got like nine hundred videos on my favorite playlist now. It's getting up there. It's getting up to the four digit mark, I guess. But some sort of weird bragging rights. I got so many videos on my YouTube favorites playlist, dude. You know, man, I'm such a big fan of that music. Um, but yeah, and I just did some writing. Actually, I wrote haikus. I wrote a ton of haikus about garage sales. And um, yeah, you can find those on my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com. But um, I like that. I like writing in like different environments because that produces different results for me. Like writing at like a baseball game or something, or writing like in a beer garden, or yeah, like at a brewery or at some sporting event, at a concert. Oh man, that'd be so hard to concentrate and write at a concert. I probably wouldn't try to do that. Maybe at the beginning when you're just waiting for them to go on stage. Um, writing. Oh, a good time to write is if you get to a movie early and you're just kind of waiting for it to. Waiting for the previews to start. It's a good time to... Yeah, I don't know. Whenever you're waiting for anything. That's what I found. Just use my time wisely. Just be like... I'm gonna write some haikus or something right now. I like doing that kind of stuff. I don't know. We're waiting in line. Um, let's see. So that's garage sales. Why do I love garage sales so much? I like knickknacks. That's one of my... I've told you guys about... All my different knickknacks in my room. That was one of the earlier episodes. Um, I don't know. I like hand-me-downs, I guess. I like like vintage stuff is interesting to me. I like records, like vinyl, that kind of stuff. Even though I wouldn't know how to use it necessarily. It's still pretty interesting to look at. Um, old DVDs and VHSs. Those are fun to see, fun to look at. And, oh man, I guess... When you're when you go to a garage sale, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like a peek into. It's kind of similar to how I talked about working at, at call center here in WSU, the Social Economic Sciences Research Center. How talking to people on the phone was kind of a peek into their home lives, like being able to hear what was going on in the background. But when you go to a garage sale, it's kind of like a peek into. That's like a more direct peek into someone's home life. And the and then it's like someone's personal life and who they are as a person. Like you get to see what their music taste is, what their movies taste, um, what clothes they wear. It's really personal, super personal. I mean, there's also those items like like a vacuum cleaner, like the big items for sure. But there's some, there's some very personal stuff. I don't know. That's what I like about garage sales. I like how unique each one is. Each garage sale is like it's a snowflake, you know? <laughs> you ever hear that saying? Um, 
They're individual. You never know what you're going to find either. You can always find, like, you could find, like, some hidden treasures at a garage sale. Like, maybe someone will be selling a baseball card that they don't know if it's worth, like, a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card or something. They don't realize it's worth, like, $10,000. <laughs> you buy it for, like, $2. See? You never know what you're going to find. You could walk away with a lottery ticket. You don't even realize it. But and it's fun to just, like, talk to new people, like, meet strangers, like, pe- meet people in your neighborhood. Um, yeah, it's always fun, you know? Support, like, support the cause. It's kind of like small businesses, but, like, <laughs> extreme version of that, I guess. It's like small business Saturday. I wonder if there's a garage sale day. I'm sure there is, actually. Let's see what day it is. Let's see what day garage sale day is. Garage sale. If you already know. Oh, there's a film series called Garage Sale Mystery. We got to see what that is. That sounds way too interesting. Um... Jennifer Shannon can always be counted on to find treasures on the garage sale circuit. These same bargain hunting skills help her solve crimes, too. Okay. So does she solve crimes that are related to these garage sales? Or, like... Well, let's see what IMDb says about it. Um, whether it's a new antique shop... Whether there's a new antique to sell at her consignment shop, an Atari game for her son, or a piece of furniture for her handy husband, Jason, to refurbish, she has made a career out of her treasure-hunting prowess. When a string of burglaries hit her town, cat burglar, um, Jennifer's keen eye for detail and her natural problem-solving instincts even um, help her see the connection between these burglaries and local garage sales. Well, so there's a connection. Jennifer works with Detective Adam Iverson, Alan's older brother, to investigate her theory. (laughs) It doesn't say that. I was just joking. To investigate her theory. He's a detective, though. I wonder if he calls himself The Answer. He's like, because that's AI's nickname, The Answer. He's like, no, I'm The Answer. Because I'm a detective, so I find The Answer. Maybe he's The Answer Finder. That's his nickname. Um, to investigate her theory that the per- perpetrators of the burglaries are fellow garage sale regulars. Oh, wow. This sounds like a great movie. The case escalates to Dan. This isn't a movie, though. It's a- I think it's a film. S- it's a TV movie. Okay, it is a movie. The case escalates to dangerous levels when Jennifer discovers the dead body of her friend, um... Even though the deceased husband, Ben Douglas, finds nothing missing in their house and the police label the death an accident, Jennifer suspects the death may be related to the burglaries. Wow. So it's a movie. It's a TV movie. But it sounds good. I like it. It's like Ghost Adventures meets Hoarders. <laughs> um, very good. Let's see. Before we move any further, let's read a little bit of Night Hoops from Carl Duker, um, the old teacher at my elementary school. My older brother had him in sixth grade. I did not have Mr. Duker, but 
I emailed him pretty recently though and told him about my books and how him publishing books was like a big inspiration for me. So I thought that was really cool. So we read chapter one before. Here is chapter two of Night Hoops. To win, sometimes you have to pass. Here we go. Let's pick new teams, I said once Trent had walked off the court that afternoon. But Leo De- Leo DeVenchenzi DeVenchenzi grabbed his sweater and slung it over his shoulder. I'm going home, Nick, he said. And one by one, the other guys followed until I was alone. I shot around for a while, but finally there was nothing for me to do but go home too. It was Saturday, so Dad was around. I thought maybe I could get him to shoot with me, but when I opened the door, the front door, I heard him arguing with Mom. Right away, I knew they were arguing about my older brother, Scott. You look at pictures of Dad when he was 17, and he looks exactly like Scott. Same brown hair and gray eyes, same thin lips and straight nose, same broad shoulders and long arms. Dad was a three-year letterman in basketball, power forward. As a junior, he'd had feelers from some major colleges. But in his senior year, his coach told him to work on his passing and rebounding and not to worry about scoring. He did what coach said, but it didn't pay off. His rebounds and assists went up a little, but his points per game dropped a lot. College coaches stopped calling. I'm not sure his grades were all that hot either. He played at junior college for a year, and then he quit school and basketball entirely. Now he's a machinist at the Boeing plant in Seattle. He makes decent money, but he's always saying how he should have gone farther and done more. What he means is that Scott should go further and do more. It's hard to disagree. Scott has every trait you look for in a basketball player. He's big, strong, and fast, with soft hands and nice touch from 15 feet and in. But he doesn't bleed basketball, not the way I do. For the last two years, he's made varsity at Bothell High. What? I totally forgot about this. I totally forgot about this. I didn't, wow. He uses... Mr. Duker, Carl Duker uses my high school, my alum, and my junior high in this book. Wow, that's so cool. I love it. Um, he's varsity at Bothell High School. But Darren Carver has been the star, and Scott has been buried at the bench of, at the end of the bench. He plays a minute or two at the end of the quarters to give the stars a rest, and he's on the court if the game is a blowout, but he never plays the final minutes of a close game. That just reminds me, though, one second. A quick uh, tangent here. That's so funny because this book is from, let's see, Bothell High Basketball. But it was published in 2000. So about 10 years before Zach, before uh, Zach Levine took Bothell Basketball by storm. Totally pretty much changed that program. I mean, I don't know if they're any good now, but I mean, Zach Zach's tearing it up for the uh, Chicago Bulls. In the NBA, man, he's going to be a, he's a future all-star for sure. But just wanted to give him a shout out there. Uh, that uh, that eats at dad. For as long as I can remember, he has been after Scott to practice more. Carver doesn't have more talent than you. You could do everything he does if you worked at your game. Scott nods and says the right things, but he prefers tooting away on his trumpet to walk, to walking 20 minutes to the basketball courts at Canyon Park Junior High. I love how like derogatory that was about the trumpet. Tooting away. It sounds like a Homer talking about Lisa playing on the saxophone. Um, yeah, my junior high too. Cane Park Junior High. Um, here we go. They're too far away, he says, if I ask him. 
or is too hot, or is too cold. Sorry excuses, and he makes them all the time. They make me mad, but they make Dad furious. When I stepped inside the day, the house that day, Dad was shouting so loud he didn't hear me come in. I always get this huge lump in my throat when he screams at Mom. I feel as if there's something I should do to make him stop, but I don't know what. So I don't do anything. I can't talk or even move. They were in the kitchen. Mom was staring out the window, into the backyard, a cup of tea in her hand, looking cool and composed, though I had heard enough of their arguments to know that if he pushed her hard enough, she'd get she'd get right in his face. Dad was pacing back and forth, swinging his arms around, as though he wanted to grab hold of something and crush it. It makes me sick to see him waste his talent, Dad was saying, and it makes me even sicker to see you encourage him. Mom said something I couldn't hear. He wheeled on her. You're not talking about that trumpet, are you? Again, she spoke softly. I didn't hear. So softly, I didn't hear. But whatever she said, Dad was having none of it. Yeah, well, Nick shouldn't be there either. You know who he hangs out with? Um, do you? Gang wannabes. Zach Dawson and Trent Dawson. And the whole crew. Mom's voice rose so that I could hear. You are not going to use the Dawson boys as an excuse to rip out my rose garden. Your garden, Dad scoffed. I don't suppose it has ever occurred to you that the backyard belongs to all of us. Um, she set her cup down hard on the kitchen counter, her eyes fixed on him. Um, Bath- Matthew, no basketball court. How many times do I have to say it? No, no, no. And that's final. He laughed. Oh, it's final, is it? Who do you think you are, the Queen of England? And how do you plan on... Mom nodded toward me. Dad's head jerked around. How long have you been staying there, Nick? I just came in, I stammered. Dad's eyes honed in on me. Nobody likes a sneak. I wasn't sneaking, I just... This second opened the door. He stared a moment longer. Your mother and I are having a private conversation. You can go upstairs, downstairs, or outside, but you can't stand there. It's okay, Mom contradicted. This conversation is over. Come in and sit down, Nick. Are you hungry? I'll make you something. After that argument, my parents went into what Scott called their polite phase. They only talked to each other at mealtimes and then only asked for bread or mustard or potatoes. Every sentence began with please and ended with thank you, but their voices were colder than the pitcher of ice water on the table. There we go, baby. Chapter 3, or excuse me, Chapter 2 of Good Old Night Hoops by Mr. Duker, Paul Duker. Um, very good. He's got some good books. You guys should definitely check them out. Let's see, back to Anne Hath. Hathaway. Come my Hathaway. Here we go. Where do we leave you? We left with, yep, Serenity. That got me into the whole Seinfeld jag. Um, Karen Zariakas. Did we look at what Serenity was? No, a fishing boat captain juggles facing his mysterious past and finding himself ensnared in a reality where nothing is what it seems. Uh, Raid R, 106 minutes, drama, mystery, sci-fi. Also stars Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Um, He's got an episode coming up for sure. The Lifeboat, Grace Winter, 
Let's see what this is. No urine it. Crime drama thriller. Grace Winter, a young woman on trial for murder, recounts the tale of how she survived a shipwreck at sea in a lifeboat that initially carried too many people. Wow. It's like a Titanic spinoff. Um, it's the only thing I think of when I think of lifeboats. That's also one of the movies I haven't seen. One of the great movies I've never seen. Just holding it in my back pocket to someday watch it. Titanic. How? you never seen Titanic? What? Or The Godfather. Any of The Godfathers. Or any of The Rockies. Oh my god. Can't believe I haven't seen any of The Rockies. Um, That's definitely one I want to watch. I want to watch Rocky 1. I'll do it someday though. Just keeping it in my back pocket. Someday watch it, you know? TV show, Anne Hathaway here. Modern Love, eight episodes. Let's see what that one is. No year on it. It's a rom-com based on New York Times column that explores relationships, love, and the human connection. Oh. So it's like one of those um, Dear Abby kind of things. Ayo. The Untitled Todd Haynes Project, 2019. The Last Thing He Wanted, Elena McMahon, 2019. I used to think that was a cool nickname. Like, um, Jim McMahon, the quarterback for the 85, uh, 1985 Chicago Bears. I used to think McMahon was a really cool nickname. M-C-M-A-H-O-N. And I love it when you get to, um... When you get to change the size of a letter in your last name or your first name, that's always cool. Like you do a little C, that's awesome. I don't know what's cool about it, but I, I like it. Also, Vince McMahon. Shout out WWE. Um, I used to be a big fan of WWE. Not not as much. Haven't seen it really for years. There's some big names in this though. In uh, the last thing he wanted. Ben Affleck, Willem Dafoe, Toby Jones, Rosie Perez. Yeah, some well-known people in there. The Hustle from 2019. This one's got a movie poster already. It's a picture of... It's a comedy. It's a picture of Anne Hathaway and... Um, what's her name? Rebel Wilson um, sitting on a all-gold car. In the middle of an all-gold room. I guess it's kind of like Michael Caine's uh, room in Batman. Except it's all gold. Michael Caine. Hey, hey Batman. I've got this car, Batman. <laughs> I've got this car for you, Batman. That's my Michael Caine impression. Take a deep breath. Show you this car with the lo- rocket launcher. Uh, very good. Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to apologize. You listening? You know what's up? You know the score? You know what happens in this podcast? It goes off the rails. We swim away from the boat. We take the fishing boat out into the bay. Then we swim way away from it, baby. This train goes off the rails. This breakfast train. All right, here we go.
The Hustle. Uh, Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson star as female scam artists, one low-rent and other high-class, who team up to take down the dirty, rotten men who have wronged them. <laughs> okay. Seems, oh, seems pretty interesting. 2020. The Witches. She plays a grand high witch. Who are the other Octavia Spencer? Is one of the other people in it. Um, Adventure Comedy Family. Oh, it's based on Roald Dahl. His 1973 classic book, The Witches. The story tells the scary, funny, and imaginative tale of a seven-year-old boy who has a run-in with some real-life witches. Let's look up. Let's look at a uh, Roald Dahl. He wrote some some books I definitely remember back in my from my childhood. Wow. His books have sold more than 250 million copies worldwide. A qu- over a quarter billion copies. Wow. That's so cool. Um, born September 13th, 1916. Died November 23rd, 1990. Um, and he was born in Wales. Died in Oxford, England. Let's see... What's oh he was in the uh, UK military. He was a squadron leader in the Royal Air Force, nineteen thirty nine to forty six. Okay, cool. Um, let's see what he wrote. Wow, he's wrote some famous books. Some of the better known books he's wrote: James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I did not realize he wrote that one. Matilda, The Witches, Fantastic Mr. Fox, what? The Wes Anderson movie, The BFG, The Twits, and George's Marvelous Medicine. And his adult works include Tales of the Unexpected. George's Marvelous Medicine. First published in 1981. One of his his last books. Um... It's only 96 pages. <laughs> wow, an, a book under 100 pages. I like it. I like short books for some reason. Just knock them out easier. Finish. Feel. I feel like I accomplish more, even though I just read less pages. But I like a good short book. Let's see. It was praised for its humor, but it was criticized for its underdeveloped plot and offbeat ending. What? I like a wacky ending, too. Maybe he just couldn't come up with a good way to end it, so he just he must have just made up some weird stuff, and just apparently the critics didn't like that. But I I think it was probably pretty fun, <laughs> judging from not having read it. I'm saying I liked it. Let's see, um, let's see what what was the Twits? Twits was 1979, published in 1980. This one was 270 pages. Children's book, uh, Quentin Blake illustrated it. The twits was triggered by Dahl's desire to do something against beards because he had an acute hatred of them. The first sentence of the story is, what a lot of hairy-faced men there are around nowadays. <laughs> That's so funny. This was even before like all those hipsters started rocking the beards. So, If Roald Dahl lived 
a little longer, he would have been so mad about all the... <laughs> he would have been upset walking through, like, Silver Lake or some hipster part of Los Angeles. Just looking around, like, all these people with beards? What's going on? Whose idea was this? Who put you up to this? He just grabs some random hipster who's listening to... He's listening to his... Uh, headphones he just grabs him by his collar who told you to grow that beard <laughs> whose idea was that <laughs> uh, that's like a funny image for me for some reason like this is a crazed man who's just like losing his mind just running through the streets of like some hipster Toluca Lake he's <laughs> he just like slaps a loaf of bread out of some lady's hand <laughs> I don't know no, it's it's just an idea. It's just just kicking around the the head. Um, James and the Giant Peach, nineteen sixty one. Hundred sixty pages. I'm sure I read this book. Um. Oh wow, this is funny. Dahl was originally gonna write about a giant cherry, but changed it to James and the Giant Peach because peach is prettier, bigger, and squishier than a cherry. <laughs> I'd agree with that. And also, James and the Giant Peach like rolls off your tongue better than James and the Giant Cherry. I just think the one, one syllable sounds better for some reason. James and the Giant Cherry like just doesn't sound as good. Just say it. Say it. <laughs> Even if you're on a bus. If you're on a, in the library right now, just be like, Say it really loud. James and the Giant Cherry. Someone someone will correct you. Be like, do you mean James and the Giant Peach? Um, cool, cool. Uh, very good. So the witches. <laughs> Back to Anne Hathaway. Her final credit. Number 47 of 47. We made it, y'all. We made it to the finish line. 2024. She has a credit here. It's only rumored. It says, uh, in parentheses, rumored. Untitled Sesame Street Project. 2024? Why is it five years in the future? What? I've never seen a credit on someone's IMDb, IMDb page for that far in the future. Excuse me. I'm flabbergasted over here. I can't even catch my breath. Um, let's do it. Let's wrap this baby up. Um, top three, bottom three. Here we go. Let's do top three. Let's do Don John, Interstellar, and The Intern. That's easy. That's an easy top three. As for the bottom, that may be more difficult. Valentine's Day. Let's do Passengers. The other Passengers. But just because it's not as good as, probably as the um, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence one. Even though I haven't seen either. And um, as for the other, let's do Nicholas Nickleby for the other bottom three. Apologies, Nicholas, if you're listening, but I had to throw you in there. Throw you under the bus. Throw you under the, um, what do they call those? Mobile cycling bar. I've always wanted to go on one of those. Let's just look it up right now. Just for fun, for funsies. Mogling, uh, mo mogling, mobile cycling. Um, saloon. Yep, mobile cycling bar. There it is. Looks awesome. 
Um, they do it a brew cycle in Portland. There's something called that. Boozy bike pubs. Maybe if I search saloon. Do people still call it saloon? Is that like a term that people use? Sounds like Back to Future 3. There's something called Cycle Saloon um, in Seattle. Let's see what they say about it. Oh, TripAdvisor. We'll see what TripAdvisor says. Four out of five stars. That's pretty good. On um, Oh, only eight reviews, though. <laughs> okay, that's not very reliable. Um, let's see what this person says. Fun way to see some breweries. This is from BR, who's a person, a user from Seattle, Washington. Here we go. Fun way to see some breweries. Um, this is date ex- of experience is July, 2018. We did this with some visiting relatives. Our driver, George, was helpful and friendly. The experience is what it sounds like. You pedal around Ballard and stop at breweries. We stopped at Peddler, Rubens, and Lucky Envelope. It is illegal to consume beer on the cycle saloon, so you have to finish everything in the brewery. The tour really is what you make it. We had a good group and a willing DJ, so everyone had a lot of fun. The tour takes about two hours. I would rather have spent less time at each brewery. We spent a little over an hour total at them. Um, in order to visit a couple more in, in the two hours. It would also be nice if those interested in sampling um, and samplers could adva- order in advance or through Cycle Saloon to save some time upon arrival. If those interested in samplers, what else are you supposed to drink? I guess maybe she's upset. She or he is upset about people ordering, about their method of ordering beer, I suppose. Let's read a more negative review here. This one is a two-star from September 12th, 2016. Let's see. A.K. Scordino from Anchorage, Alaska. Review this. Neat idea, but I wouldn't do it again. This looked awesome. The website says something about being able to have a keg along. That is not true. Instead, you and a group of friends spend a huge amount of money for the opportunity to slowly pedal between bars. If the price worked out to about $10 a head, then I would put the stars up to three. Fun for a single time, but I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, you already said that in the in the headline. Um, the novelty wears off about after 20 minutes. Um, then you are just realizing that you're paying a bunch of paying a bunch to go slower than people walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> well, maybe you guys should take some steroids so you can be more like Lance Armstrong. To start, to start busting down that sidewalk, you know? <laughs> I love it whenever I see a tandem bike and the people are just, like, hoofing it up a hill or something. Like, it's good to see a tandem bike where the people are actually working in tandem. It's not dominated by one person. It's always, it's always an encouraging sign <laughs> that people still know how to use teamwork, you know? You know? Tandem bikes. Whatever happened to tandem bikes... I've seen like one in the past year. Bring them back. Bring back the tandem bike. Not just for for honeymoons in uh, in Hawaii. Honeymoons in Hawaii. Um, although it seems like it'd be too human, too muggy to tandem bike in Hawaii. Too much, too much um, 
pig in your belly from the luau. Let's see. <laughs> Where was I? Where were we? To go slower than people on the sidewalk. The cost of ours worked to being closer to $40 per head. If you do the Ballard tour, it's a lot of dive bars and one nice brewery. We did this for a bachelor party. All right, so there you go. That's just one example. That's a cycle saloon in Seattle. So that still sounds fun, though. Still sounds like something I'd like to try. Even though, I mean, I was going to say it's not as fun because you can't drink while you're cycling, but you probably shouldn't be able to (laughs) You should probably be concentrating um, on cycling. I don't know. I'm sure that the person in charge is the person who steers it, so everyone's just cycling. So I think you should be able to, to sip sip a a pint of your choice. I don't see why not, but I guess it's a rule. Rules is rules. Ah, rules. CMR is uh, guidelines. <laughs> it's kind of Captain Barbosa. The first Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. There must be some sort of Department of Transportation. They have like a rule against people drinking beer while they're on it's like a DUI or something if you're drinking while you're riding a bike. But it's not the same as riding a bike. I'll look at it. Let me. I'm going to look at a picture. Yeah, you're not steering at all. The person in charge is steering. You're just sitting there on the at the bar and just pedaling. I think you should definitely be able to drink. Especially at like red lights or like whenever you're waiting. But that's just my opinion. Um... I'll still do it though. That sounds fun. Sounds like a good like bachelor party idea or family reunion or something. Birthday party. Some sort of group event. Sounds fun. Alright though. There we go. Wow guys, we did it. We made it through a whole nother episode of Stars Born, episode twenty two, Anne Hathaway. Um, let's do some plugs and wrap this baby up. I'm still looking at a beautiful, icy blue sky. I'm going to write that down, too. Oh, no, I dropped my golf pencil. My tiny golf pencil that I probably got at uh, Valley View Garden Golf in Great Falls, Montana. Icy blue sky. That's just a cool way to describe it, I think. It's very, I don't know, for me, that's how I would describe the sky. Icy blue is that a way to describe blue? I don't know. But it's how I'm describing it. And I'm using my blue Sharpie accent highlighter too. So it all ties around. It all comes together. It ties around in one fancy nut here at A Star's Born. Sitting across the street from Washington State University. Y'all know that though? Because I told you at the beginning. And... um Hopefully you haven't missed the middle of the podcast. Hopefully you didn't change the the old podcast dial right in the middle and then come back at the end. No, stick stick with it the whole time. We didn't even do a break this podcast. No breaks. Just right on through, baby. Doing it for Anne Hathaway. That's how I'm going to remember her name. She's Anne Hathaway.
But thank you, Anne Hathaway, for for doing all those great movies and giving us something to talk about this afternoon. I had a lot of fun. Find my books on Amazon and Kindle and Barnes & Noble. They are Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town and what's in the fridge. Check out my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com, and my website, chrisstheauthor.com. Follow me at Twitter at chrisstheauthor8 and Instagram at chrisarneson8. And thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, um, anyone, everyone. Um, I'm having so much fun doing it. I'm hoping you guys are having as much fun listening and telling people about it and just doing it, doing it live, you know, it's, it's fun. I love podcasting. I'd never realized it was such a cool art form, cool medium, and it could be so enjoyable to just to create and just keep doing it. it makes me smile. And I hope you guys are having as much fun listening. And um, also remember to rate and review it on iTunes, please. Go ahead and just do that right now if you want. Um, thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for listening and being here and spending time with me, joining me. Um, let's wrap this, baby. Let's wrap it like a burrito. Here we go. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. Ooh, baby, we did it, we did it, we did another one. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Have a great day, have a great night, have a great week, and have a great month. I, I love you, baby.